Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer, and broadcaster. And between 2000 and 2007, I freelanced for the Sunday Independent, Ireland's biggest selling newspaper at the time. But frankly speaking, I was no fan of the newspaper in its most recent incarnation because I felt it too often went for the lowest common denominator, specifically in terms of sex and sensationalism and shallow living. And so I was delighted when, during my negotiations with its deputy editor, Anne Harris, she said she wanted me to do much the same Joe Jackson interview I'd been doing for a decade with the Irish Times. And we agreed that I should track down in particular people who'd gone through dark periods and not only survived, but in some cases had epiphanies, which ideally might help to illuminate the lives of our readers. As it transpired, I'd always been thus inclined when it came to the telling of stories. I also felt that during the so-called Celtic Tiger era in Ireland, it might help if I reminded readers now and again that there's more to life than the quest for material acquisition, such as spiritual growth, for example. Yeah, I know, all of this may sound precious and stupid and po-faced, but to quote Elvis, baby, I don't care. Either way, what follows is one of those interviews. And by the way, in mid-2020, as the world slid deeper into the shadow of the growing COVID-19 pandemic, I put together the best of these interviews in an ebook called From Darkness to Light. It's available from all ebook outlets, and some of my articles are on my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. Enjoy the podcast. Saw that picture of you, I think Frankie Jr., your mom and your dad in LA looking over a lake. And that looked very much, was that set up for the press or was that the real thing? Were you all really happy at that point? That was the real thing. Um, it ended up being being uh, a photo piece. But yeah, we were dressed up because it was a, a publicity shot. But, but the, the real thing was that family life there. We just didn't dress like that. <laughs> you know, we were out on the boat, the lake... Uh, but it looks like it looks pretty idyllic, Nancy. It looks like it, uh, it was the, the lake was stocked with fresh fish all the time. We would go right. fishing. We had a sailboat and a, and a kayak, and right. it was a great way to grow up as a child, you know. Uh, well, you personally, I know about the loneliness when you were a kid, but when your dad finally left and did did set up with Ava, even though you were stunned by her beauty, were you hurt deeply by that? No, I was hurt for my mother, but but she. She made me understand that sometimes people get married and sometimes the marriages don't last. Your your mom did. Uh huh. All right. So so you, but you then you still went for marriage yourself very relatively young to Tommy Sands. Yeah, I was very stupid. I, I was <laughs> heading for a music uh, for music studies in college and yeah. um, going for a music major at the University of Southern California, which is a wonderful school, and. Um, I fell in love and left college to be married because he was traveling on the road and um, I was very stupid. If I if I could change anything in my life, it would be that. But didn't your daddy say when you called him, he said, Chicken, if this is what you want, does he make you happy? Go for it. Yes. You know, so, so he thought it was right for you too. Well, I, I think he was majorly disappointed. I think he right. wanted me to stay in school and graduate. Because he had a, I know your father had a great, uh, I've heard him say it in talks, he put a great uh, value on education. Uh-huh, and the fact that he didn't have one. Yeah. And he was so proud of me when I got into into college. All right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, I, I am sure I let him down. But you had you also started your own career, which I, it's wonderful to read that uh, your dad didn't want rock or Mo Austin didn't want rock at first, and then you came along and made that hit for them. Well, I Dean Martin had the first number one. Yeah, yeah. For reprise, but yeah. I had some number ones around the world for reprise, so I I felt confident that I was I was okay with the leg up that my dad gave me because he he's the one who said yeah I'll click, go ahead and do a recording session and make sure that you pay for it meaning that you sell enough records that we're not in the hole yeah 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 and, uh, I couldn't do it here in this country but but I managed to make it through uh, with uh, what happened in Britain and and uh, Australia and Japan and Germany and a few other places on know? those on those first sides. Uh, those very first yeah. Boots recordings. But I love I love the story about Boots, where the guy tells you to you know you're you're divorced, you, you you've lost your virginity. Will you put some bite into this, Nancy? Stop being so nice. Yeah, stop being uh, <laughs> Miss Nice Boots. Stop trying to be yeah a virgin or whatever it was. Uh, he he uh, Lee Hazelwood. He's he's still just that same way. He's as cantankerous as ever. <laughs> Matter of fact, we did an album last year called Nancy and Lee Three. It's it's available via uh, internet. Oh, good. I can. Compl- I have, don't have that. I'll get it. Right. Okay. And how did, how what, was he still the same? Uh, yeah, we're just thirty years older. Imagine that. We we hadn't done an album since seventy uh, two, and we recorded this one in two thousand two and three, and then it came out in two thousand three down in Australia and New Zealand on. Warner Brothers. But I, is, wasn't he right to tell you to put bite in your voice? Well, yeah. Because that's to me, I mean, that's what grabbed me as a boy. I thought it was very sexy. I thought, you know, very assertive, very strong. This is a woman you wouldn't mess with apart from her daddy. This woman would, would, would walk all over you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was done with humor, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the fashion uh, helped a lot, the fashions of the day, and the fact that I had been to Mary Quant's on Car- Carnaby Street and All right. And seen the miniskirt and the boots and brought them home uh, here, you know, that all it all changed fashion and and well, you know, the 60s were the most delightful, hateful, um, prolific, confused decade. I mean, yeah. that that was that was really, aside from the the great American songbook of the '30s and '40s, the '60s really is the is the most uh, memorable musically, don't you think? I do. I also think your dad, because I remember watching those TV shows with my dad when you were on, and your dad would be breaking into "Ode to Billy Joe," and he was trying his damnedest, and he did for the rest of the '60s to tune in. To, <laughs> yeah, while you were doing, you were recording similar material, which to me was very strange. Well, he also took. Songs from my my records, which I uh, thrilled me. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Call me. He did uh, Bang Bang. That's right. Yeah. Um, he did um, This Town. Um, oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a handful of songs that um, he loved my my versions of, so he he did them himself. And would he have seen something like Sugar Town as a drug song? I well, we told him. I told him. <laughs> sensed it, I don't know. In his day, it was uh, marijuana on the band bus, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but that kind of stuff, and some... Vel- saying, uh, he didn't do that. He, he would rather have a, a shot of whiskey, but... 
What he didn't approve of, it sure he didn't. I believe he, he reacted against Sammy Davis getting into coke and all that. It was not his thing. It was not your dad's thing. Well, no, he was not. Uh, he he didn't even like taking an aspirin if he had a fever. All right, okay. He, he could... really didn't like medications, really, at all. What, your, your, your marriage to Tommy fell apart in, in the early 60s, didn't it? You, and that's a very moving part in the book where he seems to just fall apart. That was a very sad ending. I didn't, again, I was stupid. See, I had blinders on. I lived this, uh, this fairy tale life of the little girl in the nice house on the lake. And, and I, didn't, I, I didn't realize what was going on with Tommy. I felt so, in retrospect, I felt so remiss, and uh, at the very least remiss, but so guilty that I didn't spot it. But at 20 years old, you know, I, I was just naive. I was simply naive. I didn't understand. I didn't do drugs. I didn't understand the drug culture. And as the 60s progressed, because I was 20, the second half of 1960, as they progressed through my 20s, I, uh, I still didn't get it until, uh, golly, I don't even know when I caught on. Right. Understand? You know, I knew there there was uh, LSD and Peter Fonda when I when I did the Wild Angels with him. He said you go, you ought to try it. I said you know I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't think so. But is is that what happened to Tommy then? You, you describe it like he's having a nervous breakdown. But was he into drugs? He was he was uh, into prescription drugs. Oh, okay, like Elvis. Well, I don't know. I wasn't around when. Right. 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 But that it, was going on with Elvis, but I, I, obviously I wasn't really around when it was happening to Tommy either, because I didn't understand, I didn't know. Okay, but... but and, After he'd left the house, and then I found all of the, the, uh, the medications. Well, that must have been a personally hard time for you. You have a lovely image of going back to your mother and, and, and crying in the family home and thinking, look, and your dad calling you and saying, I know you're going through pain, but it will pass. My dad actually came there. He held my hand and... He said those words to my face. Um, that must have been very consoling and helpful. F from him? Yeah, sort of. Oh, no, all right, okay. But, but you know, knowing that other people have been through the pain doesn't really help. I mean, it's nice that uh, they, they, they uh, try to console you. But sure, but you have to go through that valley on your own. I, uh, absolutely, we all do. Yeah, we do. Whether but... it's someone leaving you because... He doesn't love you anymore, or someone leaving you because he dies. Right, right. You then got married again, though. Is that still intact? I'm out of the loop on this one, to Hugh and all that? My husband, it was a wonderful marriage, and I have two beautiful daughters as a result of it. Two yeah. beautiful daughters inside as well as out, who who had their father who uh, for, for, until they were 9 and 11 when he passed away in 1985. Oh, I d I'm sorry, Nancy, I didn't know that. No, that's quite all right. Okay. Um, I just remember buying my dad those pictures of your father as a grandfather in 1974. Remember those family photographs? Uh -huh. and, he, and he pinned those up on the wall, too. So that's my last memory. I didn't know he had passed away. Yes, and, and um, so then it became my, my job to be both parents, which was daunting, to say the least. I mean, uh, anyone who's had to be mother and father, anyone knows how how scary that is and uh it, it my daughters have the best of their dad even though they don't remember him very well they 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 had enough of they saw 
enough. You never get enough. They saw a good marriage and a loving marriage for the first nine and 11 years of their lives. And it's true what they say about that. It's very true that, that the, what, what goes on in your life in the first five, seven years is really going to dictate the rest of your life, you know, how you, how you handle it. So it was very tough for us, the, the three of us, or my little troop of three, three girls to get on with it. But, but we did, um, we did. And did you not then bring a, a surrogate daddy into their lives? Well, there was someone that after, I guess it was when they were in junior high school, there was someone who came into my life who who filled a gap, but it wasn't it wasn't to be. It didn't work. So oh. I, in the long run, it may have hurt my kids more than helped them because once again, they saw somebody leave. Oh, okay, all right. But but they have survived. They have survived emotionally and they spiritually. They have survived and and beautifully so. They're well adjusted, very talented in their various in in, in their different fields, and they. They have husbands right. that are very much like their dad. Okay. And they didn't, I'm sure they didn't realize it consciously, but subconsciously there was something in there guiding them to men like this. Did they, what was their response? I know your dad kind of okayed when you did the Playboy shots. They were very supportive. Were um, they? did a sort of a documentary of me oh, right, okay. getting ready to go there because she was a film student at USC at the time. Excellent, right, okay. Daughter Amanda ended up ended up being an intern at Playboy. Oh, right, okay. And she was able to, because she's a photographer, an artist and photographer, so she was able to work with Rita and I forgot now the other, the other gentleman's name who does the photographs over there. And she was able to see firsthand how you work with lighting and and uh, all of that sort of thing. So it all uh, it all worked out. It was great. So. And did you run the magazine by your daddy before it came out? Did I show him the magazine? Yeah. No. Did I talk to him? Yes, of course I did. I, I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Do that without his knowing about it. But the only thing he said to me was double it because he wasn't happy with the money. Double the fee. Double the fee. <laughs> He was still taking care of your interests. Those were his two words about it. All right, okay. You, um, I, I, you, you, uh, I mean, is there is there any way uh, you you can um, fill the void after he died? It must have been the darkest time of your life. Well, when my husband died, I would say it's the darkest. Okay. When my father died, because my husband was so young. How old was he at the time? He was. That's very young, okay. And he had at least 20 more years in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably 30. Okay. What was it? Was it cancer or something? It was. Okay, all right. It was cancer. But when my father died, um, you know, he had lived such a rich, full life that it wasn't sad in that regard, but it was so devastating for the world. And I know the world felt our pain, yeah, our loss. Um, I, uh, I, 
I still haven't dealt with it. Okay. Not really. I still have trouble. I don't play his albums. I think I've played one album since since 1998. Which which one was it? The concert Sinatra, only because I wanted to. Here's soliloquy. The whole thing. I played it because I wanted a friend of mine to hear it. There's always a big argument about what's Frank's best album. I always say there are two that are the best. One is in the wee small hours, and the other is the concert Sinatra. And um, my friend had heard in the wee small hours, but not this other one. So I okay. surely played it. And, but you can't bring yourself to hear some of the other things, like A Man Alone, because you write movingly of some of the songs he recorded after his dad died, and the pain in your dad's voice. My father died to albums like Only the Lonely. You know, he, he, he cried and wept and lived to those. They're really dark, uh-huh. aren't they? So they, they would be impossible. I can't even listen to them because my dad loved them, so I imagine how impossible it is for you to listen to them because they are well, your then you understand what I'm saying. I totally, well, totally do. A lot of people don't understand that because a lot of people feel that there's comfort there. My sister does. My sister finds tremendous comfort right. listening to the music. I, I just, I just, it's too painful for me. Number. Let me ask you one last question before I let you go. Are, are, at the, uh, are you happy? An obvious question. I'm happy. Are you, are you in love? Um, I'd like to be. Let's put it like that. We'll see what happens. I'll let you know. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And don't forget, if you want to read a selection of my most inspirational Sunday Independent interviews, check out the ebook from Darkness to Light, or check out the articles on my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com.